It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA is coming back. We're a day away. There's Thursday. There's 12 games on. It's going to be very busy. Let's break down everything that's happening. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and as the warmth of the day makes way for the cool embrace of the night, let us throw caution to the wind. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NBA. That is LinkedIn.com/slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. You're back in the swing of things, so you're back to double banging. You're downloading the audio. You're playing that through while you're gardening. You're watching the video so you can see my face. And, spoiler, there's going to be some, I'll say sexy new graphics, but they're at least new graphics. There's something that's happening on this show. It's only a small tweak, but I hope you do enjoy it. So you can check that out over on YouTube today as we look at the 12 games from Thursday. I'm just trying to change the way that these had a bit of time to think. Obviously, what else am I going to do for four days, five days while nothing's happening? I think about fantasy basketball. So I've just changed away a little bit how we present this show. And I know there's going to be someone go, oh my God, you changed it. I can't cope. The new format's terrible. It's not going to be that different. All I'm going to do is, is the start of the show where I run through the injuries. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to talk about the injuries in each specific game. That's the difference. So I'm not going to be, here's six pages of injury updates for Thursday. We'll do it for each particular game as we look at on my radar in those games. Is that enough? I hope that's enough preparation. Hey, I don't like things changing either, so I do get it. Um, but I think this makes it a little bit more streamlined and a little bit better. And I'm sure you'll have comments on it. That's all cool. Okay, so we are just going to kick it off. And I highly stress this part of it. Don't just look at this part here three minutes into the show of the stream of the day. Go, well, that's it. I'm decided these are the guys that I'm streaming in for tomorrow because that is a foolproof foolproof way to not be successful. This gives you an idea. I want to just hit these names straight up, understanding where the, what the streams of the day mean, and then we'll get into more of it. The streams of the day are the 10-team stream of the day is the best available player in 43% of leagues. The 12-team stream is what I think is the best available player in categories for 39% of the... Sorry, 60... Yeah, 39% available, yeah. That's what I'm... Oh, 61% available. That's what I'm trying to say. 61% available. The 14-team stream is 83% available. The 16-team stream is uh, 91% available. 
the points league guys uh, for Yahoo and ESPN, they are 61% available on using Yahoo's metrics. ESPN, we throw it out the window. It doesn't matter. So when I talk about that, that's what I'm talking about. But there's always going to be nuance behind all of that. And in saying all of that, again, a lot of words salad. So who are the streams of the day for Thursday? 10 team, it is Precious Achua. Yes, there are some players coming back, but the two big ones, Randall and Ananobi, are not. So there's going to be Hartenstein and Bogdanovich are going to be returning and DiVincenzo, they're going to play. But Precious is still going to get his probably 40 minutes playing at power forward. I know a lot of people seem to think that Thibodeau loves Precious and that he'll actually play over Hartenstein when these guys return. I don't believe that for a single second, but people do. But for now, yeah, we're rostering him. And yes, stream of the day doesn't mean you have to add him and then drop him. He should just be rostered everywhere, but he's not. So use him at least for this game. For 12-teamers, I am going with Andrew Nempard. Aaron Neesmith is out in Indiana. Nempard's minutes have already been up. We know Buddy Heald's not there. Um, Nempard's been playing much better. I-, I like it as a stream. I'm not convinced that it's a must-must roster, but I'm not far off it. For 14-teamers, I am going with Chris Dunn. Yes, Keontae George is starting over him, but in 20 minutes for a 14-team league, Dunn can still do enough. It's going to be iffy on the points, obviously, but... For other categories, it's there. 16-teamers, I'm going to Timothy John McConnell. Just that absence there of Neesmith means that Nempard and Matherin play more of the two and three together. Probably fewer minutes for Nempard as a backup point guard, meaning that McConnell gets more minutes at the backup one, and then he can also share the court a little bit more with Halliburton. So he moves in there, and your points league streams for Yahoo points and ESPN points are both Andy Nempard. So some value there uh, with some paces, guys, uh, I believe. With these games that are coming up. So we'll just move straight into now talking about what is on my radar for the 12 games. We'll get into the chunks and stuff at the end of the show. Let's just talk about what is on my radar for these games. The first game is that Indiana Pacers game. We're talking about the Detroit Pistons, the Indiana Pacers. Um, I want to see Asar Thompson. Actually, let's just talk, talk about the changes if you're watching on the graphics. At the top, there's schedules. So Detroit plays Thursday, Saturday this week. The number that is in parentheses or brackets, however you want to call that, is four. And that four means they've got four games next week. So the Pistons play Thursday, Saturday this week, and then four games next week. The Pacers play Thursday, Sunday this week, and four games next week. So to give you an idea of if you are streaming guys in or paying attention, how do the schedules look? So that's what that top box is. The bottom box is injuries. Aaron Smith is out. Jalen Smith is questionable. Quentin Grimes was practicing, so we had him questionable, but they've actually listed him officially as doubtful in this game. Um, And I had Isaiah Stewart as doubtful with A, an ankle injury, and B, a possible suspension, but no, no, they've listed him questionable. He's got a court date coming up February 23rd, which obviously is not just yet. will be in like two days' time. I'd be absolutely stunned if Stewart plays in this game. With a court case coming up, with an uncertainty around... Are you all right? Punching a bloke in the head and an ankle injury. Why? But it's the piss. I forgot. It's the Pistons. So anything can happen. So maybe Stewart does play. I don't know. But Grimes is officially doubtful. So what am I watching? Asar Thompson. What will Monty do? Monty Williams claims he's not going to be doing lineup combinations. He's not going to be trying to find the best combinations for next season. He's going to be playing to win. Monty, that would have been great 60 games ago. The games before the All-Star break, you were running 12-man rotations with Ivan Fournier playing 20 minutes. I, I don't know what this quote means. Monty says a lot of things and lies or forgets that he says them and does the exact opposite in games. So honestly, he can say these things and it I don't think it tells us anything because he's all over the shop. But if he is like super hyper fixated on winning, does that mean that Fournier plays 27 minutes? It, it could. Like I, I, It could. 
And so we need to see what happens with Asar Thompson. And then for the paces, Ben Matherin's been bad, obviously. You could stream him in, but can we get something from him? Like he he's uh, off the injury report, so he's okay and available to play. But still, like it's ridiculous how bad he's been. In terms of streams, Simone Fontecchio in Detroit is the guy that we're looking at there. Yeah, he's a little bit of a points and threes guy. If Stewart returns, it gets a little bit more wonky, but we're interested in that. And then for the Pacers, obviously, the stream is going to be Andy Nempard. We talked about him already quite a bit at the start of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Um, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 if your bet wins. So you can bet on all of your favorite NBA teams and NBA players with quick quick bets, live, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And you can look at the futures as well. MVP odds, Rookie of the Year odds. You're going Chet or Wemby. Wemby's moved in to be the favorite over there. Uh, most improved player, sixth man of the year, which whose odds have been all over the shop all season. Um, go to fanjul.com slash lockdown. You can shoot your shot. Go to fanjul.com. Look at yeah, fanjul.com slash lockdown. Fanjul is an official partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let us go on to the second game of the day. We're looking at the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Toronto Raptors in this one. I want to see, well, first game, obviously, under Kevin Ollie for the Nets. Um, so what does that mean for Cam Thomas? And trying to figure out what it means for any of these players is really tough. But you will see earnest discussions about the Nets of Jacques Vaughn was fired for not unleashing Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas will tell you that. You will see Nets people will be like, the Nets fired Jacques Vaughn because his offense was nonsense and he gave too much to Cam Thomas. I don't know why he was fired, but I do tend to lean on the, bro, why were you letting Cam Thomas take every shot in the world? It's clearly not working. What are you doing? It leads to losses continually. I'm on that side. So I don't know if Kevin Ollie has any change in, in approach here. Does the complaints from Mikhail Bridges about the offense, is that a subtle comment of like, can you let stop letting Cam take every shot in the world and let some other players do stuff? I don't know. So we need to see what happens with Thomas. We also need to see what happens with my second favorite player, RJ Barrett in Toronto. Because I am firmly ready to admit that RJ Barrett has improved as a player in Toronto. I don't believe that all of his stuff carries over. His rebounding is up. I think that holds. He's change in shot diet, 100% I believe in that. And that's part of why his field goals improved. I don't really buy that his finishing at the rim is unbelievably better. That he's like a 10% better guy at the rim than he was all through his career. I don't buy that at all. But I do believe the part where he's not taking as many mid-range shots and he's either taking threes or he's taking shots at the rim. I believe that part. I believe that. So I just want to watch his efficiency. In terms of streams, Dayron Sharp, probably how they run the Claxton Sharp-Simmons situation in Brooklyn is going to be interesting. Gary Trent, the stream for Toronto. As you can see, Brooklyn plays Thursday, Saturday this week. Remember, Saturday is the only low-volume day. So they've got four next week as well. And Toronto plays only Thursday, Friday, both high-volume days. They've got four games next week, but no weekend games. So that's a little bit of a rough schedule. The only injury at the moment is we don't know the status of Cali Olenek, who left the game before the break with a back problem. He, they have not updated his status just yet. So we're still waiting on that one to see whether um, Cali plays or, or not. So Ben Simmons sat the last game before the break too, but that was a rest situation on a back-to-back. He will be fine. He will be ready to go. The next game we look at is the New York Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers. 
Um, in terms of the schedule, the Knicks go Thursday, Saturday, so they've got the low volume on Saturday. They've got four next week. The Sixers go Thursday, Friday, Sunday, which is a very common schedule. There are a lot of teams that have that, and they have three next week as well. In terms of the injuries, um, I originally had De'Anthony Melton as questionable. There was some talk that he might be available, but no, he is out. So De'Anthony Melton will not play um, in this game without lumbar stress reaction. I don't think that you need to be holding on to De'Anthony Melton. I've been pretty clear on that. I, I don't think there's a big enough role here for him when, when he returns. We know that Randall's out and Ananobi's out and Embiid is out, but the guys like DiVincenzo, Hartenstein, and Bogdanovich, they're all participants in practice, so they all should be okay and ready to go. I thought Nick Batum would be a guarantee to return, but he is listed as questionable, so we're still not 100% sure on that with his hamstring injury. In terms of what we're watching, Hartenstein's back. So is he back on 26 minutes as they ease him back from the Achilles, or is it full blow, full blow, full, full ball, 35 minutes? I think it's probably going to be the 35. For the Sixers, Buddy Heald, how does the return of Batum impact the Heald rotation role? Obviously, Melton's going to have more of an impact, but you add Batum's 26, 27 minutes in there, and what does it do for Ubre? What does it do for Heald? That's something important, and Heald has been getting a ton of assists, uh, a lot of shots, and when Melton and then Harris is back for this one as well, he missed before the break, that will have an impact on Bud. In terms of streams, it is probably Alec Burks, who started last game with DiVincenzo out, but obviously DiVincenzo is not out. The other thing I want to watch is if Boyan Bogdanovich plays 25 minutes, I'll drop him immediately. I don't need to hold on to him because it's not going to get better when OG and Randall return. Oh, he would be an immediate drop, Bogdanovich, if he plays 25. For the Sixers, Batum, he's probably a stream just because he's wildly available, but he might not even play. So we don't know about that one just yet. The next game we look at, your Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Someone sent me a message the other day. It was like, hey, Josh, I'm a big Orlando fan. Been listening to the show this year. Been, you know, well done. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. as I self, uh, self, not, what's the opposite of flagellate? Something. I talk, anyway, I'm off track. He said, why do you moan like that? So sensual. He didn't say that. That's my extrapolation. What do you moan when you say the Orlando Magic? And I realized that there are people who are just listening to this show for the first time this season. So there are all of these sound bites that I used to play or pass jokes that people don't get. So the reason that I make that noise is, A, I can't play the Orlando Magic theme. Go to TikTok, Orlando Magic official account on TikTok, and just have a look. Have a look at all the players after the game with their unofficial team hashtag, play the song. This unbelievable song, the Orlando Magic theme. And in it, the bloke is like, Orlando Magic, uh-huh. So I just do the, uh-huh. Now to, um, you know, make, make do without the sound. There you go. We're already back in full season mode here with off the bar, off, off, off topic, off label, sidebars and tangents. So Orlando goes Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. The weekend back-to-back is good. The Saturday game is great. They have three games next week. The Cavs have the pretty standard Thursday, Friday, Sunday combo with four next week injuries. Wendell Carter, Jalen Suggs, and Gary Harris are all listed probable for the Magic. I don't think there's any risk of these guys not playing, but interesting, they all came up as probable on the report, but they'll be okay and ready to go. For the Magic, we listed Markel Fultz as one of the biggest disappointments in the show yesterday. Can he change my mind? Or is he a 23-minute-a-night guy now while we get guys like Jonathan Isaac playing over him? For the Cavs, Darius Garland hasn't fully hit his stride. I want to see him at 34 minutes, number one. And I want to see a bit of that usage and shooting percentage bump. For the streamers, it is John Isaac if you're looking for defensive stats only. And then for the Cavs, it's really hard to find an available streamer. It is going to be probably Isaac Okoro. The other thing I want to watch for Cleveland is, is Evan Mobley's minutes restriction done. Is he back to 34 minutes? Because that, obviously, is really important for this squad. The next game, we go to Phoenix and Dallas. 
In Dallas, obviously, the Doncic-Booker rematch. The Suns have the standard Thursday, Friday, Sunday schedule with three games next week. The Mavericks only play Thursday, Sunday, two high volumes, and four the week after. We know that Dante Exum, we assume that Dante Exum is going to be out for Dallas. Bradley Beal had a hamstring injury post or or pre-All-Star break. He missed the last game before the break. I'm not expecting that he is going to be um, out here, but I am just going to list him questionable just in case. And just as I'm recording this part, a whole bunch of injury news has dropped. Some good news and some bad news. Markel Fultz is out for knee injury management. Oh no, that's terrible. So what are they going to do? Will they start Isaac? Will they start Suggs and Cole Anthony? Will they start Mr. Black? Probably. They'll probably just start Mr. Black. That's terrible news for Fultz. He's a clear, clear jack. Get that garbage out of here! In terms of the positive news, well, we'll stay on Orlando. Gary Harris is off the injury report. Um, Wendell Carter's not on the injury report. Jalen Suggs isn't on the injury report. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is not on the injury report for the um, Knicks. But we had, uh, and also Kelly Olenek, healthy too. Fully off the injury report. So great news there. The thing, though, that we did um, get, which again was from the game prior, is Donovan Mitchell has popped up as questionable with an illness on the injury report. So that one just sort of came out of nowhere. So just be aware of that one. Donovan Mitchell, um, questionable with illness. So that that stuff just dropped as I'm recording. Still no full update on Bradley Beal, though. I I expect that he plays. For Phoenix, I want to see Royce O'Neal on a healthy team. What is his minutes? 21 of Royce isn't enough. If he plays 30 a night, we get a little bit more interested as a streamer but not much more. And for the uh, Mavericks, well, it's all really about PJ Washington, Derek Lively, Daniel Gafford. What is the minute split? First game back, Lively played only 17. If he's a 17-minute-a-night player, he's a very clear drop. I think he probably needs 28 to be a must-roster player, to be honest, and I'm not sure in 24 he's anything more than a streamer, and that's exactly what we said at the trade deadline, that Gafford's a better per-minute producer, so if it ends up a 24-24 split, Lively's a drop, Gafford's a hold. But maybe they switch it up and Lively goes back and starts here. That is key. We need to watch this. In terms of streams, Royce O'Neal probably is the Phoenix streamer. If Beal is out, we'll throw Eric Gordon into that role. And then for Dallas, Josh Green has been playing pretty solid minutes, pretty solid role. Not a guy that we want to hold necessarily, but there's a little bit of value. Remember, this is also a really busy day in the NBA. So there is no guarantee of of having the uh, available roster spot to stream in anyway. Today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals with a B, 1 billion, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that while making the process easy and intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Now, I don't know this to be true or a fact, but I think if Tom Gores and Troy Weaver had have used LinkedIn jobs to maybe fire or find a head coach, maybe they would have had better results of getting someone who fit the organizational and the requirements of that job a little bit better. Because as a small business, you need to find ways to make this process easier, not choosing someone and then having your boss override it because of vibes. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That is linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. 
All right, let's roll with the rest of these games. Now, the next one is Boston in Chicago up against the Chicago Bulls. Well, it'd be pretty weird if they were playing someone else in Chicago. We have the Celtics going Thursday, Saturday, so no game Sunday, but they've got the low volume on, on uh, Saturday there. They've got three games next week as well. No back-to-backs for Boston. Chicago goes Thursday, Sunday, so only two games on bad days and only three games next week, so a bit of a rough stretch of the Chicago schedule. For injuries, Pat Williams is out. I I am feeling very un, unconfident. Unconfident. Unconfident? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, disconfident? That doesn't sound right either. Un, not confident, let's just say that, that Patrick Williams plays again this season. I think that there is a real, he's having a lot of pain when running, apparently. I don't think this is going to happen for him. Tory Craig's out for another two to four weeks, sprained his knee, practicing over the weekend. So their forward depth, this is what happens when you go into the season with two power forwards. The Knicks are finding this out now. When you go, They went into the season with one power forward. When you go into the season with two power forwards and they're both hurt, well, you're in trouble, aren't you? They also... Um, Oh, yeah, well, those two are out. Um, for the Celtics, I expect the only ones we're really waiting on are Springer and Tillman, the two new arrivals after the trade deadline, because um, they haven't played yet. It's only list them questionable. All the other guys that they had out or dealing with um, problems, you know, Puzingas and Brown, it's all sort of fake sort of stuff, and they will continue to throw fake injuries out there at us, but I expect that those guys will all be available for this first game back. In terms of what I'm watching, Al Horford has been really, really good in the games where someone has been out. In the games where somebody, when, every, when this whole starting five is in, he sort of struggles. He plays 24, 25 minutes. I wonder if they'll even cut that back a little bit if Tillman is available just to help preserve Horford for the playoffs. Because if Horford's a 26-minute player, he, might, he probably is w- worth holding, even with the rests. Your team's got to be able to withstand that. And if you're in a situation where you need to stack games played up, then it makes it harder. But if they sort of preserve him and play him 22 a night, and give Tillman a little bit more run. Makes it a harder harder ask to hold on to Horford. Caruso for the Bulls, that's really just the starting line. Because last game, they were going up against the Cavs, which were big. So they started Drummond. But they brought Caruso off the bench, and Desumu started. Now, against the Celtics, you're not going big because Jason Tatum is starting. So does that mean, and I expect it will be, that Caruso replaces Drummond in the starting lineup? And I talked about this on yesterday's show, about Drummond and his value, talking about the... Bulls maybe have three double big opponents left, meaning Drummond's value is probably low. But let's watch what happens. In terms of streams, that these all the streams here are always 61% available or more. I've got Peyton Pritchard uh, and Javon Carter, but that's just really deeper league stuff, and you're probably not going to be using those in the majority of standard league scenarios. Pritchard's always got the ability to go off, and I'm not going to include Luke Cornette there just because of the possibility that Tillman plays. Um, Springer could impact Pritchard, but I think he probably won't, is my guess. The next game is the Clippers taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, if it's a Zubats, we wanted to know what was going on with his minutes restriction. Last game before the break, Kawhi sat out. Zubats played 28. All that tells you is that Zubats' minutes restriction is gone. Right? It doesn't tell you that he's going to play 28 every night, but it tells you that his minutes restriction is gone. So if we see him come out and play 23 minutes in this one, then that's bad. That means that the 28 minutes was because Kawhi was out. And if Zubats is a 23-minute-a-night player for a couple of games in a row, then that's a drop. But if he's back playing 28, 29 a night, then we are comfortable with, with what he does. But the fact that they've got Plumlee and Tice behind him, the fact that they're going small with Kawhi slash Russ at center, makes it really hard for me to feel super confident here. In terms of the Thunder, Gordon Haywood is back. So we've got Haywood going to play. Bismack Biombo is going to make his debut. Kawhi, he, look, he played a little bit in the All-Star game. I think he's fine. They said he'd be fine. So I'm putting him as probable at the moment. 
Um, I want to see what Haywood does. Is he a 24-minute-a-night guy? Not a 12-team league player. 30, borderline. I would not rush to add Haywood. Um, it's obviously going to impact Giddy. It's going to impact Lou Dort quite a bit as well with Haywood there. But his role is just something we need to watch as Obi decides to join me during the show. For the Clippers, they've got the Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So they start off things with a back-to-back. Not sure if Kawhi is going to play, but that's something to watch. Not even sure whether Zubats will play with his calf issue. And they've got three games next week. The Thunder go Thursday, Friday, Sunday as well. The same schedule with three games next week. I would imagine that Haywood probably sits one of those games, but he's going to play Thursday, so probably a sit on Friday would be my uh, would be my guess on that one. Let's go to game number eight. It is the Rockets and the Pelicans. And we did get some information from Ima Yudoka here. He said that Fred Van Vliet is back and he's ready to play. And he also said that he will not be changing the starting lineup from the original starting five, meaning that we heard, we thought there was some speculation. Well, we speculated, but we heard others speculating. We heard Ima Yudoka himself talk about how dissatisfied he was, but they won't be benching Jalen Green. And for those of you who are out there wish casting that they're going to bench Fred Van Vliet, they are not. So... That means a men Thompson comes off the bench. Now, that does not mean that Jalen plays 32 minutes a night as a starting two. It means Fred's going to play like 34, 35. Maybe he eases back in with his groin. I don't know. Giggity. But this really puts a man into the droppable firing line. I've talked about this at length with a men Thompson that when Van Vliet comes back, I think he will be a clear drop. Although, like an the last game before the break, the fact that they were like, hey, yeah, Jalen's not it, man. Like, maybe we need to replace him. I was like, ah. Maybe a men slides in there. I would hold a men to see what happens in this game. But if he's a 21-minute-a-night player behind Green and Van Vliet, that's not enough. It just isn't. They play Thursday, Friday, Sunday, the Rockets, with three games next week. So they've got the high-volume uh, schedule. The Pelicans also go the Thursday, Friday, Sunday with three games next week. Um, Dyson Daniels is going to be out for New Orleans. But Brandon Ingram popped up as questionable on the injury report. So that is, uh, that's worth noting. He is ill, and he did not practice. So be aware of that. That would bump Trey Murphy. That would bump um, Najee Marshall. It's also the back-to-back there. So Zion or Trey Murphy aren't on the injury report, and Trey played the back-to-back last time out. But you'd have to think that Zion sits on Friday now. You've got Van Vliet in. Cam Whitmore's returning, but I'm going to guess that Tari Eason is out. It feels to me that um, Eason just won't play this season. That's how it feels. That's not official, but there's some stuff that um, – what do you call him? Yudoka uh, is saying um, when they said yeah, someone asked whether he's going to play again this season and Yudoka's like I think we'll know more after he gets some imaging and he gets looked at today but we'll know more shortly that's to me is like yeah we don't we don't really think he's coming back and again you absolutely do not roster Tari Eason in 10 or 12 team leagues you don't do it for the Pelicans Jonas Valanciunas because this man is like playing under 20 minutes a night now now if Ingram is out the problem is Zion and Valanciunas together. That is true. But do they make a change if if Brandon Ingram is out? Does that mean they need more offensive punch? Maybe they do. So we keep an eye on his minutes. In terms of streams, Whitmore is probably the one that I want to stream in. He's got that high um, scoring upside. Now, Amen is above my cutoff. Yeah, I'd still be interested in streaming at Amen. But he's above my cutoff. And then Larry Nance, probably the stream there on the Pelican side of things. We go to the next game. It is the Charlotte Hornets. They are traveling to take on your Utah Jazz. The Hornets have the Thursday, Friday, Sunday schedule. So the big volume days, but three more games this week. They've got four games next week. The Jazz only play Thursday, Sunday, and then three next week. So a pretty rough low volume schedule for the Jazz. Not low volume in terms of quality games, but just only five games over the next, what is it, um, 11 days. 
for the um, injuries, there's nothing here on, there on the Jazz injury report at the moment, which is great news. Um, but of course, we have no updates on old mate the Hornets. So I, Mark Williams is going to be out. I feel really confident in saying that. I have no idea with Lamella Ball. Now, if Lamella Ball is out this game after the break with another full week off, then I'm like absolutely petrified as to where he, what he's doing rest of season. It doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of what is actually going on with his ankle. Are they just pulling the pin on this super early? That is also possible. But he has not played in weeks with, again, this team who doesn't give us information. Um, we just don't know. He Last time he played was the 26th of January. He played 23 minutes in that game in a 34-point loss to the Rockets and has not played since. That's a long time. And if he's out here, I am very much getting into the year maybe we drop. Maybe. Um, for the Hornets, I'm watching Grant Williams. He's getting a lot of the backup center minutes. We'll see whether they use Marquise Bolton. Bolden, not Bolton, Bolden at all. It's the game, Michael. Uh, so we'll see. I don't think that impacts him. So it's going to be Richards and Williams, and Williams is getting a lot of opportunities. For the Jazz, Colin Sexton is someone I'm always wanting to watch because his turnaround's been amazing. Do they ever just give him 30 consistently a night? Because last game, it was a lot of Sexton, and it was a lot of Keontae George. And that's really interesting, especially if they go three guard as well. In terms of streamers, Chris uh, Chris Williams. Grant Williams is the guy that I look at it in Charlotte, who probably should just be rostered anyway. So should Trey Mann, by the way, but he's a little bit over my cutoff. And then Chris Dunn. Can he still maintain 20 minutes a night, even though Keontae George is starting for the Charlotte Hornets? The next game is the Washington Wizards and the Denver Nuggets. Um, the Wizards go the Thursday, Friday, Sunday with three games next week as well. The Nuggets go Thursday, Friday, Sunday with three games next week also. So the same schedule for both teams. Jamal Murray and Catavius Caldwell-Pope, I'd um, tentatively listed them as probable. They are officially probable. So they're going to play from a leg tibial inflammation for Murray and a hamstring issue from, for KCP, which they handled perfectly. Perfect hamstring handling. Absolutely. And then Kyle Kuzma uh, missed the last game before the break. Uh, with an illness. I, I don't really think there's any danger of him missing this one. If they say he's out with an illness again, well, they are lying. But simple as that. For the Wizards, we're watching Denny Avdia because we know that his efficiency has been absolutely through the roof. He was one of my biggest improvers this season on the Biggest Improver Show, which the point of mainly point of those shows was to show you guys that had taken these big steps forward where we go, yeah, I don't know whether it holds. Because when you're talking about having so many big categories at the very top end of improvement, there's always a risk of a level of regression. And when it's shooting especially, that's where Denny comes in. So that's really going to be key for us to watch here. And then for the Nuggets, it's Jamal Murray. who That, a couple, like, that game, when he got hurt, he was dreadful. I need to see some improvements from him because he's on a bit of a downswing. In terms of streams, Corey Kispert there in Washington is the guy that I want to look at. And Peyton Watson in Denver is someone to pay a little bit of attention to as a streamer, especially when you're looking for defensive stats. That is what he brings. The next game is the Lakers and the Warriors. The Lakers play the Thursday, Friday, Sunday with three games next week. The Warriors play Thursday, Friday, Sunday with four games next week. We know the Warriors ended before the break with a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, and they start with a Thursday, Friday. They are the only team who had four consecutive games played on on game days because of the rescheduled game. The Lakers starting with a back-to-back. LeBron told us after the All-Star break that he might not play in the first one of these games, so just be cautious of that and how they treat his ankle problem through the rest of the season. So I've listed LeBron as questionable. I don't have an update on Cam Reddish or Max Christie, so maybe they're available. I'm not sure. I'm not expecting Jared Vanderbilt Bar or Gabe Vincent to play, so I'm going to list them out. And Chris Paul will be out for the Warriors. For the Lakers, it's about Spencer Dinwiddie to me. His first two games have been like okay 
what is his regular role when, say, Vincent and Christie and LeBron all play? I don't think Christie will even be in the rotation, to be honest, but Reddish and, and James. Where does Spencer fit, and is he worthwhile? Probably not. For the Warriors, Clay Thompson came off the bench last time out. He'll come off the bench again. Was that huge performance off the bench just a random, fluky, huge performance? Or will he start to just jack a million shots and they go in now in this higher rate? I'm still not... I'm not sure that 27 minutes a night of Clay is a must-roster player. So let's watch what his role is. In terms of streams, it is probably Rui Hachimura who is starting. That's really just for points and threes, though. You don't get much more there. And then for the Warriors, it's the opposite. When you're looking for some high field goal percentage but some defensive stats, Gaz Payton is the guy that we pay attention to there. The last game of the day is the Spurs going to Sacramento to take on the Kings. The Spurs go Thursday, Friday, Sunday with three games the following week. Don't think there's any risk of Wembenyama, but they're keeping him under 30 minutes most nights at the moment. And for the Kings, they only play Thursday, Sunday with three games next week. Sabonis did not practice with an illness. He is questionable. That is um, that is not ideal for Sabonis. Um, so just pay, just pay attention to that because if he is out, you're going to be like Alex Len, JaVale McGee, which you'd be interested in streaming, whoever gets that nod. It's probably going to be Len, but I don't have a super high level of confidence there. Maybe it's Trey Lyles, actually. Um, and then for the Kings, Keegan Murray was pretty bad prior to the All-Star break. His usage was well down. His confidence was down. He wasn't doing anything. He was just being completely mid. Now, he is going to improve on this. I feel pretty confident in that. So let's see if he turns it around. In terms of streams for the Spurs, like bubble champagne is always going to be an option, but it's it can be a little bit frustrating at times with these minutes. I didn't even talk about the Spurs who I'm watching. I'm watching Keldon Johnson. I think he's a 12-team drop for categories, but do they push him back to 30 or do they keep him mid-20s? That's a real key thing. I think Blake Wesley's an interesting stream for the Spurs and the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, he's the guy that I want to stream in there for the Kings because they are giving a few more minutes into him. Um, the Kings will also be without Sasha Vazenkov, which is uh, not a surprise given he's out for a few more weeks with that ankle problem. Let's um, let's get chunky because that's what we need to do. The next five days, Thursday through to Monday, there is only two low-volume days during that time, and it is Saturday and Monday. And there are three teams that play on both of those days. So if we're looking to maximize uh, waiver spots and waiver ads, we're going to Detroit, we're going to New York, and we're going to Brooklyn. So Simone Fontecchio, they all play on Thursday, all these guys. So they play Thursday, which is the higher volume day, but then there's Saturday and Monday that the Pistons play. So it's a nice opportunity for Fontecchio or for other Pistons players, whether it's Fournier or Grimes or Marcus Sasser, who I've got on this list as well, with an interesting schedule. The Knicks, Alec Burks. He's got the Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Dayron Sharp, Dennis Smith, and Dorian Finney-Smith in Brooklyn also have that combination of games too. You will probably get a, a situation where Sharp is limited in some games but bumps up in others, and watching his role is going to be really key. But that's the three teams we're looking at. So Fontecchio, Sasa, Burks, Sharp, Dennis Smith, and Dorian Finney-Smith as some options to use for the chunky time. If you do have ability to use someone Friday and Saturday, it seems unlikely, but maybe you do. Not Friday, Saturday, sorry, Thursday, Friday. Um, these are the guys playing the Thursday, Friday, back-to-back. We're looking at Kelly Olenek, who I wasn't sure would be available, but he is. 
You've got Trey Mann. These are all 50% or below rostered. Uh, Trey Mann, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's free and available to play. Marvin Bagley, who's a must-roster player. Nick Richards, who I believe is must-roster, not in points. And Amen Thompson, again, the role is going to reduce here. How much it reduces is something that we need to pay attention to, but still pretty good value there. And there are an absolute monster truck amount of teams playing five games in the next eight nights, 13 of them, in fact. So just be aware of high load giggity on a lot of these teams. Nets, Hornets, Cavs. We really worry about Ben Simmons there for the Nets. We worry about whatever the Hornets are going to do. You've got the Nuggets and the Warriors. Not too worried there. Rockets and Lakers. LeBron and AD, big load there. Pelicans and Knicks. We've got to be really worried about Zion and how many games he plays there. Uh, Thunder and Magic, while well, Markel Fultz already sitting a game that's not a back-to-back coming out of the break. So the Magic play Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Fultz is already out Thursday. He's going to sit one of those weekend games. This is bad, bad news for Markel Fultz. Terrible news. Terrible. So deeper leagues again, Mr. Black might be someone you want to look at. And then the Spurs and the Wizards play five and eight as well. Watch for whatever goes on with Jordan Poole. Watch for Kyle Kuzma's fake injuries and watch for Wembenyama to see whether they uh, involve him in any shenaniganizing. In terms of just a list of six guys in that are available in over 43% of leagues for 10 teamers, we're going with Precious Achua, Brandon Pajemski, Keontae George, Andy Nempard, Kali Linick, and Trey Mann. Now, you can rost- you can stream all those guys in 12s as well. I would say every one of those, apart from Nempard, is a must-roster 12-team league player. 10s, it gets a little iffy, but I can see Pajemski, I can see Achua, I can probably see George, as- and even probably Trey Mann as 10-team must-rosters at this point. If we're looking at 12-teamers, it gets a little bit dicey now outside of that first list of six. You go to, these are all 61% available or more. TJ McConnell, Chris Dunn, Larry Nance, Harrison Barnes, Grant Williams, and Rui Hachimura. For deep leagues, we go to Johnny Isaac. These are all available in 83% or more. John Isaac, Nick Batum, Peyton Watson, Sticks, Jalen Smith, whether he's popped up as questionable now as well. Um, so if he's out, it's Isaiah Jackson. Uh, Miles Turner's available, by the way, who missed the last game before the break. Uh, Jose Alvarado. And of course, lastly, for the category leagues, we can't help but slide in Dick. So Grady might be an option for us in those deeper formats. At some point, I'm going to run out of an ability to make uh, jokes about Grady or subtle wordplay humor. Today is not that day. Points leagues. These are all 50% or above. Marvin Bagley, Ben Matherin, Keontae George, Andy Nampard, Trey Mann, and lastly, it is Io Dusumu. Now, for some reason, that show went really quite long. I know there was 12 games on, and maybe I was just taking extra time to explain the new format. Hey, first of all, comment below, what did you think of the new format? Hopefully, these look-ahead shows won't take this long in the future, but that's what happened today. So don't forget... Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And also, hey, if you are an audio person, it has never been a better time to double bang. And I'll tell you why. Just again, just to make this show go longer. Never been a better time to double bang because behind the scenes, where our podcasts are being hosted, we are changing. A decision not to do with anything. That doesn't mean that like whether you get it through Apple or Spotify or Overcast or anything, nothing like that changes. But in terms of where we upload them, behind the scenes info, we are changing that. But because it's such a big thing across the entire network, there is a changeover period. So there is going to be a period over this weekend coming where some of the shows don't get uploaded to audio immediately. So you're going to have to watch them on YouTube. I apologize. I will probably just yeah, backlog all those shows into the audio when I get access back to the new format and you'll get like six shows pumped out immediately, which, you know, download, let them play through, but some of the info will end up being old because of the timing of it. So just be aware 
that the games that we're going to have, like the, the, the shows, some of the shows, and I'll, t- I'll give you more information about it. It's basically going to be after Thursday's recap show that the weekend Friday look ahead show, the week 18 preview show, the Sunday look ahead show and the Sunday recap show, I think will be, um, and the, and the Sunday waiver wire show won't be immediately available on audio. They'll only be on video. So if you haven't jumped across to double bang on the audio side, now is your perfect time to do it. So you make sure you don't miss those shows. And that is the end of this show. Guys, thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.